You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode entitled Your Guide to a Chargeback Lifecycle is part of our Blogs on Tape series and is read by me, Justine Love. The chargeback lifecycle seems like a pretty simple, straightforward process. The customer makes a purchase, disputes it, then it's your turn to fight the dispute. At the end, one side wins while the other loses, right? Unfortunately, it's not that easy. Depending on the situation, the chargeback cycle can take a lot of unexpected twists and turns before a dispute is finally settled. The chargeback lifecycle as intended. Every chargeback involves at least three key parties the issuer, the acquirer, and the merchant. The cardholder can also be involved if that person initiated the dispute. But in the case of a bank chargeback, the issuer can file a dispute on the cardholder's behalf without even notifying the person first. These are less common, so we'll focus on a standard cardholder dispute. In the most basic form, a chargeback involves the following steps. Step 1. Customer Inquiry First, the cardholder identifies a transaction that is either suspicious or for which the merchant didn't deliver what they promised. The cardholder then contacts his or her issuing bank to reverse the transaction. Step 2. Issuer investigates claim. The issuer reviews the customer's claim and provides some additional details to try and identify the transaction. If what the customer says appears to be true and the transaction is not valid, then the issuer will proceed to the next step. Step 3. Issuer files a chargeback. The issuer overturns the transaction. The money is forcibly withdrawn from the merchant's acquirer and transferred back to the customer, giving the customer a conditional refund. Finally, the issuer notifies the acquirer of the chargeback by producing a chargeback reason code and submitting the relevant data. Step 4. Acquirer reviews the case. The acquirer receives the information submitted by the issuer and reviews it after which the acquirer forwards the claim to the merchant, along with any information that can help the merchant decide whether to fight back. Step 5. Merchant decides to fight. The merchant can review the information and decide whether to accept the chargeback. Merchants who believe the cardholder's claim is false can fight back and try to uphold the original sale. Step 6. Compile and submit representment case. The merchant compiles any available compelling evidence to try and refute the cardholder's claim. This can include shipping receipts, delivery confirmation, or records of communication with the merchant, but will vary depending on the case. The acquirer can offer advice on what information is required, and the merchant then delivers the compiled information to the acquirer. Step 7. Acquirer submits representment. The acquirer transmits all the compelling evidence along with the merchant's chargeback rebuttal letter to the issuer. Step 8. Issuer Reviews Case The issuer looks at all the evidence presented by the merchant and compares it against the cardholder's claim. If the merchant's side of the story is convincing enough, the bank issues a verdict in the merchant's favor. Step 9. Issuer Returns Funds to Merchant The issuer reverses the conditional refund provided to the cardholder. They return the money to the merchant's account, The process can end there, but that's a best-case scenario. Of course, if the issuer rules against the merchant, 
which often happens, there can be more steps involved in the chargeback life cycle. Step 10, second chargeback. The issuer upholds their original decision, refusing to return the funds to the merchant's account. This second chargeback is referred to as a pre-arbitration by Visa. MasterCard calls it an arbitration chargeback. Step 11. Acquirer reviews the case. The acquirer receives the information submitted by the issuer, reviews it, and finally forwards the claim to the merchant, along with any information to help decide whether to fight the new dispute. Step 12. Merchant decides to fight. The merchant can accept the second chargeback or decide to fight it again. Merchants who choose to fight will need to provide even more evidence to address the issuer's new claims and reason for refusing the dispute. Step 13. Second Presentment. The merchant sends the new case material and the evidence to the acquirer for submission. This time, all the information goes to the card scheme, either Visa or MasterCard, rather than the issuer. The card scheme can begin the arbitration process. Step 14. Arbitration. The card scheme reviews all the materials submitted by both the issuer and the acquirer to determine which party is in the right. Step 15. Card scheme issues ruling. The card scheme either sides with the cardholder or the merchant. The case is closed at this point, and neither side can appeal to the card scheme's decision. If either side believes there are other extenuating circumstances, that party would need to bring the matter to a legal court. The chargeback cycle is an uphill battle. Then there's the process itself, which is deeply flawed. While initiatives like Visa Claims Resolution have attempted to address the shortcomings in the chargeback process, there is a limit to how much can be changed while still working off the same foundational process. Chargebacks predate the internet and are not responsive to the demands of the e-commerce market. The process is easy to abuse and is very susceptible to friendly fraud. As a merchant, you face an uphill battle in the chargeback life cycle. First of all, the process is highly subjective. Rulings may be based on evidence and rationale, but they're determined by humans. It's not fair, but it's reality. The chargeback process puts a lot of responsibility on the merchants, to the point where you're effectively guilty until proven innocent. To make matters even worse, there are countless variables in the chargeback process. Before you respond to a chargeback, you need to consider, do you have the grounds to fight back? What evidence and or documentation is available? How much time has passed since the original transaction? Does it relate to a single purchase or multiple transactions? Which card brand is involved? How will this dispute affect your chargeback rate? Those are just a few examples. The real takeaway, though, is this. Thinking about the chargeback cycle as a simple step-by-step -step process is not going to cut it. Work smarter, not harder. The full chargeback life cycle, from filing to resolution, can often take weeks or even months. Through that period, your revenue will be tied up in costly, complicated, and time-consuming processes. You can't focus on your growing business while you're occupied by winning chargeback revenue you've already got. Plus, going at a dispute without an absolute understanding of chargebacks or the proper tools and strategies can actually increase your risk. Complex rules, confusing timetables, and limited chance of success? It's no wonder lots of merchants think that fighting chargebacks isn't even worth it. That being said, there's too much at stake to give up. Instead, 
why not let the experts handle it? The Chargeback 911 team is here to help. No other providers offer the kind of fully managed end-to-end coverage we deliver. It's no wonder that Chargeback's 911 has been chosen as the best chargeback management solution for three years in a row. Have any additional questions about the chargeback lifecycle? Want to know more about how easy the process could be with Chargeback's 911 in your corner? Visit us online at chargebacks911.com or call 877-634-9808.